This Impacts for Good podcast series with 702 is brought to you by Vits for Good. Through Vits' technology transfer office, we're looking at engaging with, with industry players in trying to take this technology to, to the public to try and make a difference. This is Vit Impacts for Good, and I'm Eusebius McKaiser. In this episode, I share the story of a remarkable person at the forefront of research into infection control. The simple act of washing our hands with soap and water has become the most important line of defense against an invisible enemy waging war against the global community. So how can more advanced technology help us against viruses, bacteria, and germs? Besides learning answers to these questions, this podcast contains a remarkable story of how inspiration emerges in the most unlikely places, sometimes even out of family trauma. Research is always, you draw inspiration from the most unlikely of places. My now 83-year-old grandmother inspired the idea of self-sanitizing surface coating for a smartphone cover. In this podcast series, I'll shine the light on a few of the WITS originators who, through their extraordinary research, are solving the world's most urgent challenges through insightful innovation, research, and critical questioning of our current global emergencies. These researchers are championing the thinking needed to solve our most pressing concerns. Researcher Michael Lucas is one such person. Research is always, you you draw inspiration from the most unlikely of places. My now 83-year-old grandmother inspired the idea of self-sanitizing surface coating for a smartphone cover. So four years ago, my grand had to go in for open-heart surgery. She was experiencing dizzy spells, and so we took her to, to the doctor, and he said, no, let's go for a cardioangiogram, and we found out that she had a, a collapsing aortic valve. She went into surgery within a week after all of this started to have this valve replaced, and that afternoon was one of the most stressful afternoons for our, for our family, I think, but something came out of that. During her surgery itself, we were receiving updates on the progress of her surgery from the anaesthetist. Hmm. Uh, he was sending us text messages during the sur- surgery itself. At the time, I thought that was absolutely amazing to see how the use of technology helps to relieve our concerns that we had. <laughs> um, grand surgery went on for, I think it was a six-hour surgery, so it was a long surgery. And during that time, we were yeah, stressed. And to have that comfort of knowing, okay, she's now under anesthetic, the valve is being replaced, and finally at the end to hear that her lung and heart machine were taken off and her heart was beating strongly again by itself, all of that comforted us. And that was all thanks to a smartphone. That sparked an idea for me. And I think that's the case with research. It, it, It never takes a break. So I had just started my research at that time into antimicrobial surface coatings, looking at infection control within our hospitals. The question actually came to me, how clean are doctors' smartphones? And it's such an important question, right? Because simultaneously, there you are, really, really grateful that innovation has enabled you to be remotely present as Granny is going through this surgery and the doctors are doing an amazing job multitasking, making sure they're nurturing familial fear and simultaneously attending to the patient. But of course, we know that even with good intentions, 
that you could have germs, you could have bacteria and all sorts of other things floating around. Did you suddenly get anxious that even though the surgeon had good intentions, that maybe fiddling on the smart device was not the best thing to do? Exactly. And yes, the anxiety levels were there because I suddenly thought, what is the chance of transmission of infection from these surfaces? Uh, I'd been doing research knowing about these hospital-acquired infections, the superbugs that we hear about in hospitals, and the problem of surface contamination and how they become an intermediary for infection transmission within a hospital. And so knowing that there's that risk of contamination and then transmission of infection through those surfaces did give me anxiety for sure. But this is where the the excellent background that you have kicked in because you weren't just responding as grandson, you were also now having your creative and intellectual capacities activated as a mechanical engineer from Wits University, who also has had a particular interest in my biochemical engineering applications. And so you took what was an intuitive concern, formulated instinctively a research question, and then got on with the business of finding a solution. What happens next? As an engineer, we like to problem solve. And as part of that is solution searching and piecing together different things. So from my background as an engineer, there was a design and problem solving ability that was was kicking in. And then from the research that I was doing into antimicrobial surface coatings. So the link was then to say, hang on, what about if we had a cover for these devices that doctors and nurses are using within our hospitals that actively kills any bacteria on contact as a self-sanitizing surface coating? I don't have the faintest as a layperson, how one goes about trying to make that happen. I can see how if it was available on the market, I'd rush to buy it, even as someone who's not a doctor, maybe just as someone who's concerned about my own device that I am madly in love with more than I am my partner. And so I would look to you as the engineer to be able to then translate that into particular products. Take us step by step through how that actually then then happens. From background research that I'd done, I knew that there were certain metals that have got innate antimicrobial properties. So metals such as copper, silver, and zinc, they've got these properties which are effective against microorganisms. So on contact, uh, copper is known as a contact-killing metal. It's good at killing these bacteria and, and other pathogens on contact. Thousands of years ago, water sterilization and wound treatment often included these metals. So having a copper jar to store your water to keep it sterilized was known. My thinking was to see how can I integrate this knowledge, these metals, into the surfaces that we touch within a hospital environment. And that's where I started drawing on additive manufacturing techniques. So the 3D printing idea of layer by layer generation of a component or of a surface. So integrating polymer 3D printing as a substrate to replace existing surfaces within a hospital. Because in a hospital environment, the common surfaces that are within a a hospital environment, we get the stainless steels, but then we also get a lot of plastics, a lot of polymer surfaces from the handrails on a patient's bed to the door handles to other instruments. And of course, the cell phone cover that we hold in our hands. What 
is 3D printing. Truth be told, many of us secretly don't understand how that technology works. As an excellent Vitz research and innovator, speak to me about cold spray coated covers. What does that mean scientifically? And how are they so effective in reducing the chances of these bad organisms from being able to do damage in hospitals? 3D printing, it's a manufacturing technique that allows design freedom and uh, versatility of design and and specifically design for function rather than design for manufacture. So when we're looking at designing a component using additive manufacturing or 3D printing techniques, we're able to look at its function. How do we want it to form? How do we want it to work within the environment it's going to be in? And so that gives us an added ability to, to have that freedom of design to get the most out of that component that we need. And so the cold spray aspect is also just a, another additive manufacturing technique. It's a surface coating technology. It uses a powder dispersed spray, basically. So what it does is it accelerates micro-sized particles at a surface. And depending on what the surface is, in the case of plastics, there's an embedment process. So these uh, micro-particles, which then in, in this instance are those antimicrobial metals, they then get accelerated to high velocities and embed within the target polymer substrate, building up a coating deposition of these active metals. And then that coating that develops is what gives that surface the ability to not only inhibit the growth of bacteria in some cases, but also actively kill um, any microorganisms that come into contact. If you are correct, then we can put it to the test. Did you turn some of your colleagues and some of the spaces at Wits University into your lab to then go and test this hypothesis? And what was the result? So, yes. So for testing from my side, I looked at it from two approaches. First, I had to get a basically a lab-based test just to, to see. And, and this was the, the, the extensive part of the research that I did was to prove the viability of these coatings. How effective are they? Do they just inhibit growth of bacteria or are they able to actually kill these bacteria on contact? And so within a lab environment, I did two types of testing. I did a, a diffusive essay, which basically tested whether the coatings themselves have got a bacteriostatic property, which is a property basically explaining the inhibition of growth of bacteria. And then in another test that we did, we looked at the contact killing ability. So how effective they are at killing bacteria and that the rate of elimination that we can observe. And that basically involved taking a pathogen, a known microorganism that we find within the hospital environment that causes much of the problems in terms of hospital-acquired infections, Mm -hmm. such as the MRS strain that we hear about, the superbug MRSA. And that was then applied to the surface coating and over time sampled to see how many bacteria were left on that surface. Now, that's an exciting question. Give me a number. If we take a period of time, I don't know what is scientifically the minimum in order to test the effectiveness of this incredible invention. What period of time did you test for the effectiveness of this new cover? And what kind of result did you get, if any, in terms of a reduction in these nasty organisms, pathogens on surfaces? So from the time kill essay that I did, I looked at time intervals from five minutes, 10 minutes, 15, all the way up to three hours. 
And at the outset, I wasn't sure what kind of activity I was going to see. So I didn't know whether I was going to see complete elimination after three hours or whether there would be some kind of a significant reduction in the levels of these bacteria over that time. And what I found was, was actually quite exciting. So some of the coatings that I tested within a 15-minute contact period, they observed basically no uh, there were no bacterial um, colonies on those surfaces. So that was a contact killing ability within an average of 15-minute contact time. That is absolutely amazing. That is really, really, really amazing. What are the implications of that for the public health system? Within a hospital environment, you've got doctors, patients, visitors touching surfaces all the time. And then we look specifically at these high contact surfaces. So the areas around a patient's bed or within a hospital waiting room, they get touched frequently over the space of a day. Within a hospital environment, there are cleaning protocols and sterilization techniques that are, are carried out. Sometimes these are not necessarily done uh, to the best standard that we would ideally want them to be done. And that also leaves room for, for error. And that's, that's human error as well, where we might not clean as effectively as we want to. Or it's just the case of we clean now and then we clean again in an hour's time. That time interval between cleaning is a vulnerable time for that surface. So someone could come across and touch that surface, transmitting a infection that they have, maybe on their hands, a contamination on their hands, to that surface. And that could then start a chain of transmission. Implication of this technology implemented in this environment is to mitigate that transmission, slow down the risk of spreading these bacteria within that environment. I don't know about you, not just because I'm stress eating at the moment, but I want to have my cake and eat it. You've been talking about mm -hmm. bacteria. I'm worried about viruses yeah. and I'm particularly worried about the coronavirus. Bacteria and viruses and that, are different things. I know that grammatically. Don't ask me a biology question to distinguish it scientifically. What's the difference between bacteria and viruses? And is the amazing research that you've done potentially to be extended for viruses as well? Yeah, there are the differences between bacteria and viruses. And so, yes, my research focused on bacterial and fungal infections. So that's where we're looking at those antibiotic-resistant strains where antibiotics are, are no longer being as effective against these bacteria. And that was the focus of my research. <laughs> but the extension, yes, at the moment, COVID is the critical concern at the moment. And from literature, we, we see that the metals that have been used in these coatings, such as copper and silver and zinc, these metals have got known antiviral properties. That is absolutely fascinating. Listen, I want to ask you a second last question I want to explore in this first episode of this incredible, incredible series focusing on what you and other VITS originators are doing in terms of research. And the question I wanted to ask you is, how clever is bacteria? Are they able against to go... Against other viruses? No, 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 no. How clever are they against Michael Lucas? Are they able to build up any kind of resistance against your innovation? In terms of resistance, from what, a bacterial point of view or a viral point of view? These surfaces that we can protect with your 3D printed coating um, and all the cold spray and everything else you've explained so well in this episode, what is the 
time period of the effectiveness. We often know, for example, that, you know, even when it comes to antibiotics, to take another example from medicine, they can lose efficacy over Mm. time under certain conditions. Is there a similar danger with your brilliant innovation or will bacteria forever be less effective in doing nasty things to us as a result of your research? I think when we introduce any system to counter bacterial infection, there's always going to be the risk of the development of resistance. And in this case, again, based on literature that I've looked into, against these metals, there may be a buildup of tolerance. So they'll be able to tolerate lower levels of these metals. But at higher concentrations of these metals, we are still observing this antibacterial activity. The use of these metals, if we look back those thousands of years to where it was used in in copper jars to sterilize water, the bacteria, they had the opportunity to build up resistance and may have built up tolerance to it, but we haven't seen complete uh, resistance. And again, it does depend on the bacterial strain involved as well. And that's something with the rise of COVID at the moment, that's a risk that we could possibly see within a hospital environment is the upsurgence of new bacterial resistance but this time to the active ingredients found in sterilizers. So all the hand sanitizers um, that we're using during this time, which are vitally important to prevent the spread of this virus, we could see over time a, a development of tolerance to these ingredients therefore making them less effective. And that's where having a supplementary um, system from these surface coatings would help to further mitigate transmission of infections. I want to congratulate you on incredible innovative thinking and also the fact that you are now asking the question with the help of Wits University, how it is that you might potentially be able to scale up this research so that it can have wider application. In one minute, speak into that for me. Our frontline workers within the healthcare system are most in need of your excellence, Michael. But are there also potential uses in the domestic sphere of this research? So, so yes, at the moment, within a hospital environment, there's definitely that, that need for alternative approaches to infection control and prevention. But that can be extended to various other industries from food processing plants, where we're looking for the need for a sterile environment. Public transport spaces, another place where there's that high contact surfaces and the risk of, of transmission. Even within our homes, with the surfaces that we have in our kitchens, to the smartphone that's in your pocket, those are all sites of, of potential contamination and would therefore have benefit from this coating being used. And so yes, through Vits Enterprise, through Vits's technology transfer office, we're looking at engaging with, with industry players and in trying to take this technology to the public to try and make a difference. Michael Lucas, Wits University researcher, thank you for your research excellence. Thank you so much for your time. This Impacts for Good podcast series with 702 was brought to you by Wits for Good.